Cut podcast for the week of October 16th, 2022. We are still in our teaching series called Amen, talking about prayer. Uh, we've had a lot of technical difficulties this morning. We've been sitting here for about 30 minutes. We finally got it all <laughs> fixed. I don't know about y'all. That's usually we banter a little bit at the beginning, but we've been bantering for so long. I'm yeah. kind of I'm bantered out. Yeah, we were patient in affliction. We were patient. Oh, that's a nice Ooh. connection. Hey, thanks. Nice. thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks. Smooth. Yeah, so we, we were bantering beforehand. We're all bantered out. We were talking about the virtues of gas fireplaces versus wood burning versus an electric fireplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've just gone to an electric fireplace. I have to admit, it's pretty nice. That sounds good. No s'mores, though. No s'mores. Um, I, I like it, though, because <laughs> I, can just, I can just click a switch, it's on. Click a switch, it's off. I, you know, and I'm always worried about fire and stuff like that. Right. So it's, you know, it feeds my... Uh, my aversion to risk. Yeah. Just don't look into electrical fires in your phone. Oh, great. Thanks so much. <laughs> so does that mean you have to open up the chimney when you turn it on and off? No. And you have to worry about wasps getting, it's getting through the free. chimney. It's flu-free. Have y'all had that issue? Wasps through the chimney? Yes. No, but I had a possum in my basement yesterday, and that was oh, fun. Oh, boy. So they didn't come through the, the chimney. Wow. How did you get him out? Um, <laughs> I have video of Chris <laughs> with a broom handle and a flashlight if you want to see it later. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he scared it back oh. through the crawl space. So. Okay. I've, I've had, uh, haven't had a possum in the basement because I don't have a basement. Mm. Uh, not had wasps in the fireplace, but I have had bees in the... Uh, in your bonnet? In the eaves. Nope. Bees in the eaves. Bees, Ooh, bees like in the eaves. Yeah, I was repairing an <laughs> eave one night and a, and a bee stung me. Not a honeybee. This was just a like a mean like a carpenter bee. <laughs> yeah, mean. One of those big, one of those big black things. It stung me right on top of my bald head. Oh no! Yeah, in- mm. instant Insult headache. Insult to injury. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so it was it's pretty bad. All right, we called out the bee whisperer, and he exterminated them. <laughs> that's nice. a hardcore whisper. I don't like. <laughs> Please don't whisper to me. It's like you're not talking to me. I kill you. All right, so here we go. Let's jump into the uh, the text for this week. I guess we weren't bantered out. We just had a little more banter. And by the way, hey, our listenership, um, we just kind of did a review. We have about 100 people listening to this every week, which is larger than your average church in Oklahoma. So I think we're doing great on our podcast. Sounds wonderful. All right. And also s- sad. <laughs> in a way for, it for, for yes churches yeah that's yeah. right oh. yeah, sorry guys okay so we're continuing on prayer uh the text for this week is romans 12 uh roughly 9 through 12 but there's a little give and take in that uh, if you're leading a community group and you want to step beyond this this is just one of those great passages where paul gives some very practical down to earth i, I want to say the word tactile very tactile. Here's how you live out your Christian faith Mm. in your character. And so I want to do two things with the text. I want Marissa to read it first from what translation? NIV. The the New International Version. Excellent. Okay. And then what I did is I'm I'm so taken with this passage. I I read it in maybe a dozen or so translations, and I I put together what I call a hodgepodge translation. I like, hey, there's one line here from the message I really Mm -hmm. like, and there's one from the NIV that I like, and here's from Williams, and I really like this. A couple I just kind of translated on my own to get the the sense of the text. So let's read it the official 
approved translation. <laughs> and then we'll, NIV at least. Yeah, and then we'll read. We'll, uh, I'll do the hodgepodge. All right. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So here's the hodgepodge translation. Don't just pretend to love people. Stop faking it. Really love. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life to good. Love each other as siblings should. Let credit be something you give, not something you take. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Serve only Jesus. When you get down, look up. Just because the world is troubled doesn't mean you have to be. And let all of life's pressures lead you to a life of prayer. So let's just reflect for just a moment. Um, that Obviously, we're talking about prayer. That last line is where I'm going to camp out on Sunday morning. Let all of life's pressures lead you to a life of prayer. Again, this feeds our, our definition of turning need Godward. But for these other bits of counsel, uh, as we read through them, what, what stood out to you? What for you is, is profound and relevant today? Well, I just think back to First John um, 4, we love because he first loved us, um, that Jesus is our example of what love should look like. What, um, so every verse in this section is telling us how Jesus loved us. Um, we can look at examples of the Gospels of each one of these phrases, each one of these precepts, that this is how Jesus loved us and how we should love each other in return. So if I were teaching this, Mar Marissa, that's a great idea. If I were teaching this, a creative idea would be to go through this line by line and said, and kind of do a Bible quiz. Okay, uh, don't just pretend to love people. Quit faking it. Really love them. Where do you see Jesus live that out? Not chapter and verse, but was there an event in his life where we saw him love somebody who didn't deserve it. That's a great way just to walk through this passage and to hold up this scripture and hold up our lives to Jesus. Really good. I'd want Marissa mm -hmm. to teach this if if uh, I were coming to this. Come church. to Urban Life and I will be. There and you go. How hey, about that? Community plug. We are going to be getting the pastor's <laughs> cup from Marissa as well, if I remember correctly. It so, is, yeah, yeah. So you will get to, to hear some good nuggets from her for sure. <laughs> All right. Dave, what stands out to you? So I... The passage begins and ends with love. If you include verse 13 there, you know, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. There's, there's this outward focus that comes from an outward focus in, in loving other people, but it comes from these, these inward disciplines of, of looking up in hope, of enduring whatever sort of pressures are coming from the outside because of your connection to looking up, because your connection to, to the cross, to Jesus, to finding peace in God and continually praying. So those disciplines of in the midst of whatever else is going on, looking up, it fuels you to go back out and love people. Yeah. None of this stuff is easy. None of this stuff no. comes natural. That's yeah. why it's commanded, because we can either follow our instinct, our intuitions, or practice obedience. Mm -hmm. um, the, the first that stands out to me, and then we're going to come to this last idea of, of letting... Uh, all of life's pressures lead you to a life of prayer or persisting in prayer. Uh, one that stands out to me is don't don't burn out. 
keep yourself fueled and aflame, serving only Jesus. Marissa, what, what does it say again in the NIV? I, I don't know if you know. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Okay. So I'm going to uh, kind of pair this idea with, a, with an announcement. I'm asking people to be here on October 30th. Uh, we see a trend across our nation, and um, I've seen a trend in our church since the beginning of COVID, but it's really accelerated since the conclusion of COVID, beginning, you know, late 2021, 22. Uh, many people remember in 2021, there was what was called the Great Resignation. A lot of people just up and quit their job. Mm-hmm. It, people got fed up and just said, I'm, I'm checking out. So the same thing is happening now spiritually. In fact, one writer has called it the great spiritual resignation, that uh, COVID has accelerated so many things. A global pandemic has accelerated things that were already there before, but a lot of people are giving up on God and checking out on church because they're burned out. They've not kept themselves fueled and aflame for Christ. It's almost as though, hey, God's let me down. Why would I, why would I follow him? The church has used me up. Why do I even want to go anymore? And so this is something I'm seeing not only in our church, I'm, I'm seeing it as I talk to other pastors and talk to other leaders around the country. There's a great spiritual resignation going on. And so I think I'd be remiss as a leader if I didn't um, deal with that. So on October 30th, we're going to talk very clearly about, hey, if you're on that edge of giving up on God and you're checking out on church, I want you to consider very carefully what you're doing and the ramifications of that for years to come. Now, I have seen a lot of people do this in recent days. And I, I don't think anything I'm going to say on the 30th is going to change anybody's mind. Although, if there are people that you know on the cusp, I would ask you just to maybe be there on that Sunday. Just, just to listen and to prayerfully consider what, what's going to be said. But I'm really giving this message for those people who are on the edge. Those people who haven't given up on God, who haven't checked out yet. Uh, but who are considering that. Even in the back of your mind, you're going, I'm just tired and I want to quit. Mm -hmm. I think there's some things that that I can offer you to ask you to reconsider that, that the decisions we make now will affect the future of our families and people are walking away from the shepherd at the time that we need him most. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Serve only Jesus. Again, that's not easy, but it's right. Mm So anything else here? Thank you for that little uh, public service announcement. Thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> Absolutely. We're glad to have you. I, I love the language there that, that Paul is, is never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. The image there is is almost the same as, as what it is in, in 2 Timothy, where Paul says to fan the flame of your passion for God. Don't, don't give up on that. Let the Holy Spirit keep a fire burning within you. Don't don't let that die out. And so there's this idea in there that the Holy Spirit can regenerate you, can renew your soul, can keep you passionate about God. But part of that work is us doing the hard job of seeking God. Yeah, that's right. Only God can refuel us, but we have to make ourselves available for that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's drop down and let's talk about that key line on prayer uh, at the end. You know, be persistent in prayer. And I paraphrase it as, let all of life's pressures lead you to a life of prayer. Um, Let's talk about this for just a minute, because we are trying to give some very practical pointers, some counsel, some wisdom on living a life of prayer. And what would it be like uh, if we said, God, every pressure I feel today, I'm going to turn to you and give it as, as a prayer. Instead of, I know I pick on social media a lot, instead of posting it, 
I'm going to pray about it. You know, what kind of power would become available to us if we pr- really prayed to God about everything? So let's kind of reflect on this persistence in prayer. What, what you guys got? Give me something good. Well, I kind of wanted to look at the beginning of the verse, and I think that informs the end of the verse in verse 12, if you don't mind going back to I do, but being joyful. <laughs> well, we can skip it. We can skip the faithful in prayer. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think that uh, the the part about being joyful and hope and patient and affliction really informs that faithfulness in prayer. Um, when Paul talks about hope, um, he's talking about the hope that we have in Christ and Christ's return and our in our eventual reunion to Him. But there's a lot that that line "be joyful and hope" communicates, and I think he's saying don't wait to be joyful. Um, that we will be reunited to Christ in the future, but there's so much life and enjoyment right here and right now with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and and we should not wait for life to begin at you know eternal life. <laughs> Hope is both the reason for our joy, and it's also permission to be joyful in the here and now. And I think so many Christians are um, kind of living life in this holding pattern, kind of viewing it as an endurance test, uh, waiting for their final reward of heaven. Um, but if anything, Paul and the apostles are always trying to teach us that life with Christ begins now. And so that, that joy and hope is that life is for the living and there's so much to do and enjoy now, but also hope is tinged with a awareness that things aren't the way they're supposed to be yeah. and that, uh, that God wants so much more for us. So both don't forget your hope, but don't forget your joy, um, the, the patience and affliction, you know, we, we have kind of an idea of affliction as being kind of a paper cut, kind of an annoyance or an inconvenience when your microphones don't work before a podcast yes. <laughs> and you've got a schedule. Um, but the, the word in Greek is tribulation. You know, this is war, this is famine, this is, this is destruction and sadness. And to have the endurance and the, the awareness of your identity in Christ um, that we are to love each other not just through the harvest, but through the darkness of winter, that we're supposed to obey verses 9 through 10 and the way that Jesus loved us, not just when things are fantastic, but also when things get really tight. And we have a um, kind of a natural um, predisposition to kind of become insular and fearful in disaster, Um, and that's kind of our passive state. But patience isn't a passive thing. It's, it's an active thing. It's, it's the endurance and the desire to make things better. Things don't get better in life when we turn insular and fearful and only watch out for ourselves and those that we feel immediately responsible for. And I think especially with the example of like Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Fiona, especially Hurricane Fiona where, um, where the island of Puerto Rico was so devastated. Um, and I've seen a lot of reports coming out of Puerto Rico about um, the people who have come down there to enjoy the beaches and enjoy the low taxes. They all fled immediately as soon as the hurricane was, there was even a warning of a hurricane. But those who truly loved the community and loved each other and loved the island stayed and they persevered and they were patient through this affliction so that they could rebuild. And that's, I think, such a beautiful image of what this means, what patience and affliction means is is that we are in it for the long haul for each other, and nothing can get better. No kingdom work can be done without that that active participation. If I didn't know better, I think you're drumming up October 30th again. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, it's um, those who are tourists flee. Right. Mm. Those who are citizens stay. Right. And we persevere. 
and yeah. I don't know how to follow that because that was absolutely <laughs> beautiful and challenging. I, you know, as I look at the Greek there, the, the connection, Paul almost in, in short command lists six things in rapid repetition mm-hmm. uh, over verses 11 and 12 that, that may even be couched as an example of how to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, going back to 12.1. So this idea of you you live a life fully devoted to God by doing these things that's couched in love because of what Jesus did for us. But in the middle of that, you know, the language of patient in affliction, the, the word for for patient there, it, it's it's the there's an extension on it. So it's not just patient, but it's hyper patient. Hmm. So it's almost like you have to be extra vigilant, extra diligent in in your activity of being aware of the fact that there are going to be things that were, are going to be very trying, very challenging. You know, the the word for affliction there is thlipsis. It's it's typically translated as the same word that that we get persecution from. So this idea that there's going to be significant challenges you will face, be hyper aware of those. Be extremely prepared to endure those and walk through those. And prayer is a vehicle through which you can endure those things. And so you know, the, the choice of being faithful in prayer or being intentional in prayer mm-hmm. is, is a helpful tool to do that. And how many times could we, if we looked up and remembered that we have hope in God? You know, Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If we remember that in the middle of whatever difficult circumstance that we're walking through, it will carry us through a lot more than anything else. I think we've all had the experience when we, you know, we have a, a difficult day and we go home and we, we talk to our spouse, we talk to a friend, and we sit down and have dinner with somebody we trust, and we open up and we share about those difficulties. In the end, we feel so much better um, when nothing has changed, but everything has changed. The circumstances still are what they are. Mm-hmm. But in opening ourselves up and sharing those, uh, we realize we're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. we, we bear one another's burdens. And it's the same thing, infinitely so, with prayer, that as we pour out our persecutions, our tribulations, as we ask God for that patience that doesn't come naturally, the endurance that we need, nothing has changed, but everything has changed mm-hmm. because the Spirit of God accompanies us in these. And so we, we are called to have a hope that won't die, amidst adversity that can't really harm us with prayer that refuses to stop. Hmm. That's that's what we're called to that's how we're called to live our lives. Mm. Right. So any more walkaways from this passage? What was the speed translation of that last ver- last part? Um, let all of life's pressures lead you to a life of prayer. Yes, I like that very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the spoo translation. Yeah, I like that. The spoo translation. <laughs> We're not nice. going to put it in the uh, in the pews yet. But no, no, not yet. It's not ready and for I, that. But and I wish I had time to do this with every passage to <laughs> yeah. to retranslate it um, and yeah. and to, to play with it a little right. bit. But I, I took the time this week because these are just some great, uh, just nuggets yes, of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. The and good I book, volume two. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I the, the the struggles of translating, I mean, this must be so complicated, but every translation I think, oh, but why didn't they say this? I know. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. They just missed this. And that faithful in prayer is one line in the NIV that I'm just like, but that's not quite what it says. I think there's so much gray area of what we consider to be faithful. Like if we're faithful in prayer, does that mean we just say grace? 
everyone yeah. you know, before meals and feel like that's our faithfulness. We're like we're doing real great. Our bar is so low. <laughs> but the Greek is to be constant in prayer. In First Thessalonians, it actually is translated a little better. It says to pray continually. Yeah. And just to say, you know, every word, and that's an, it's an active prayer word, right, Dave? In the Greek, it's there's several different words for a prayer, and this one is an active. It's a communication. It's a constant conversation. It's mm-hmm. not passive mm-hmm. at all. So every breath, every communication, every conversation, every action that we take should be a prayer. And it just reminds me of the, the you know, if you grow up in youth group uh, when you're dating and people say leave room for Jesus, oh, yeah. and it's kind of kind of skits you out a little bit, but. But it's true that it's uh, that we should be considering Jesus in all of our actions, not just when you're dancing with the opposite sex, <laughs> but when you're when you're uh, dancing through life in the community <laughs> of Christ. You're really that, working hard to make <laughs> that a real. When you're dancing <laughs> with the dinosaurs. Oh no, no, that's was that Stephen Curtis Chapman. That was Stephen Curtis Chapman. Poor, yes. uh, hey, he was having fun. But but it's true that in every conversation we should be considering. Jesus's presence, and um, and every interaction, considering His presence and considering that a prayer, and when we do that, we'll be much more likely to live out verses nine and ten that love must be sincere and and well, continuing. I, I often go back to the aura et labora. Ah, and, yes. Yeah, somebody who's listening to this thinking <laughs> I've just gone off the deep end, but aura et labora is a. Um, phrase that monks use. Mm-hmm. Is it, does it surprise anybody? <laughs> Dave's known for loving Greek. I've known for loving monks. Marissa, what are you known for? I don't want to know. I don't want to be perceived. Leaving room for Jesus. That's you what go. you're known for. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> the monks have this little, uh, uh, it's kind of the unofficial mantra or motto of, of being a monk, aura et labora. It, aura means prayer. Labora is work. You hear laboratory in that. So, so pray and work. Um, and, and you realize that those aren't two separate things. Prayer and work aren't two separate entities. They're actually the same thing. Our, our most important work is prayer, and all of our work can become a prayer mm-hmm. as we offer it back, as we practice the presence of God. Okay, so God bless you as you teach this. Um, let me give the word of the week. I think, so I asked last week, I said, we need a nice little closing section, just something we do, not viewer mail. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, we need a closing section. Of the 106 people who listened last week, nobody sent in a single idea. So come on, send me one. D. McPherson at TulsaFBC.org. D. So. McPherson at TulsaFBC.org. <laughs> so, so we're going to do a word of the week until we come up with a better idea. And I, I think if this sticks, we're going to need Brad to develop a little sound effect for us. Brad, you, are you back there in the studio? Yes. Yes, he's like, if you couldn't hear him, he's yes, back there somewhere. Yes, there, I am. There he is. So the word of the week is jumbo. Um, I, I heard this word as I was listening to an audiobook this week. I go, you know, I've, I've never looked up where this word comes from. Anybody want to take a guess? Sure. Is it elephant-based? It is elephant-based. Nice. Well done. Nice. Mm, yeah, I just I can't help but think of Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo and Jumbo, it's yeah, kind of yeah. that same idea. So P.T. Barnum actually coined mm-hmm. this word back in the 1880s. He had a large elephant who he named Jumbo. He took that from a Swahili word, Jumbe, and it means chief. So this is a Swahili word that, that just, you know, it's somebody who's large and in charge, Jumbe. He tweaked it a little bit, Anglic- Anglicanized it. I like it. Is that mm-hmm. good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes, good job. Made it into English <laughs> and called it Jumbo. So... For the rest of the week, I want y'all to call me Jumbe. Jumbe Spoo. Chief. Okay. Sound good? Jumbe or Ethnarchase. Oh, nice. (laughs)
All right, friends. Well, good luck teaching this this week. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. You're going to need it. Yeah. Somehow work jumbo into your Sunday school lesson, right? Ooh, I should. Yeah. Yeah, that should be the the dual challenge is that you have to work that into the sermon. Okay, so if you all try to work jumbo into your community group, I'll try to work it into the message. How about that? Sounds great. Perfect. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and grant you peace now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.